last night at Holy Families, I spoke about discipleship. Tonight I'd like to speak about holiness. They say in monasteries that saints are very difficult people to live with. I think what they really mean is that people who are trying to be holy are very difficult to live with. Especially difficult are those who want to seem holy and other people to call them holy. Those are really difficult and annoying people to be around. And that's not what holiness means. What I'd like to share with you this evening is really that we are holy already. Not that we have to become holy, but we have to awaken to the fact that we are holy. And that holiness that we have, that we are, is nothing less than the holiness of the living God within us, which we become conscious of and awakened to through the mind of Christ, through the spirit of Jesus that dwells within us. In particular, I'd like to think about how meditation awakens us to this true identity, this true nature that we possess as children of God and disciples of Jesus. Jesus himself points out in the Sermon on the Mount when he's giving his teaching on prayer and meditation, of course, is based upon the teaching of Jesus on prayer to go into your inner room, to close the door, to pray to the Father who is the ground of our being in that secret and holy place of our heart. That's where the holiness of God is to be found in the living center of our being. And then he tells us, don't go babbling on like the pagans who think that the more they say, the more likely they are to be heard, magically trying to change God's mind or tell God what he doesn't know. That's not what prayer essentially is. St. Augustine said, why do we put our prayers into words when we ask for something? Is it to tell God what God doesn't know? If God is God, God knows. Is it to ask God to change his mind? No, God doesn't really change his mind from day to day like we do. Is it to ask God to treat us as favorites in a special way? Or that we bargain with God? But we're told in the scriptures that God has no favorites. So why do we put our prayers into words or petitions and intercessions? It's not to inform God, but it's to remember what Jesus tells us, your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask. And if we could really understand that and put that into practice, it would give new life, new depth, meaning to all the forms of prayer that bring us along our way and bring us to discover our holiness. And in that teaching on prayer, he tells us, don't worry and be anxious at the time of prayer. Lay aside your worries. Don't be worrying about what you are to eat or what you are to wear. These are the things for the pagans to become obsessed by. He's not saying we shouldn't be concerned, or especially he's not saying we shouldn't be concerned if there are others who are hungry or needy that we should come to their aid. But he says at the time of prayer, we don't just 
think about our problems and obsess about our anxieties. At the time of prayer, we are awakening to the beauty of holiness, to the beauty of our own being. How many of us really know what a beautiful creation we are? How many of us really experience that we are made as living icons of God? Not snapshots, but living icons, living images of God. Every one of us here is holy because we are a living expression, a living manifestation of the divine creator. And each one of us is a unique work of art. Each one of us is beautiful in God's eyes. So he tells us that when we pray, we should be open to that beauty of our own being. We should be mindful and set our minds on God's kingdom before everything else, not be scattered and jumping from one thing to another all the time. In prayer, we must learn to pay attention, to be single-minded, single-pointed, present, still. And in prayer, he says also, we should be in the present moment, not just thinking about this afternoon or tomorrow morning or anticipating or fantasizing what's going to happen next, but to be in the present moment. And all of these elements of prayer, as Jesus describes them to us, are really the elements of the prayer of the heart, contemplative prayer, what we call meditation, Christian meditation. Of course, this doesn't mean meditation is the only way of prayer. Of course not. There's only one prayer. And it's not one method or technique. There's only one prayer. And that's the prayer of Jesus himself. In the holiness of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, praying in us. St. Paul says this very clearly. We do not know how to pray, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, or Spirit of holiness, prays in us deeper than words. And so our prayer is about entering into that holiness of Christ within us. Meditation is a very simple way in which we can move directly into that holiness of Christ. And it gives depth and meaning and new life to all the other forms of prayer the Eucharist, the scriptures, all the other forms of prayer that enrich us and also awaken us to our true nature, our beauty, and to the beauty of holiness. Jesus also tells us that holiness and prayer is not about standing on the street corners looking for people's admiration. Don't do your good deeds publicly, he also says, to be admired by others because you will lose your reward if you're doing it just for show. Just because your ego wants to look good in the eyes of other people. We're all very concerned about the way people see us, about our reputation, about our image, what people say about us, of course. But it's the ego in us that's concerned about that. And when it comes to our prayer, the ego really has no place. In prayer, 
we go beyond the ego, our ego-centricity, our obsession with our self-image. We go into another space, another place, which is the Holy Spirit. And he also tells us in that same Sermon on the Mount, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It's an interesting teaching, isn't it? When you do something good, don't even know it yourself. Don't be saying to yourself, oh, this is very good. I'm a very holy person. God must be very pleased with me. And I'm sure other people would be saying how good I am. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. All of these point to the experience that we enter into in the prayer of the heart. True holiness is secret. It's mysterious. It's not self-conscious. Anyone who thinks they are holy, of course, are not holy. John Main even said, don't desire holiness. The more deeply you pray, the less you think about your own holiness or your own achievement. But we let go of the desire for holiness in order to awaken to the fact that we are holy. We have to stop thinking about ourselves as being holy so that we can discover that we are holy. And that is called self-knowledge. The most revolutionary thing in our lives is self-knowledge. To awaken to ourselves as we truly are. To cut through the illusions and the images of the ego. To cut through what we want other people to think about us. To let all of that go. And just to be ourselves. That's the most revolutionary thing in the world. And it's the revolution of the gospel to come to that self-knowledge. And it not only changes us, it changes the world that we are part of, or the little part of the world in which we are living and making our contribution. So holiness is like happiness. In fact, true happiness is holiness. Like happiness, because if we want to be happy, we will not be happy. If we are seeking happiness, we will never really find it. We have to allow happiness to come to us as a byproduct or as a gift unexpectedly without trying to possess it, without being made unhappy by the fact that we want to be happy. There's a famous saying the Dalai Lama often repeats from the Buddhist tradition, all the unhappiness in the world comes about by people seeking their own happiness. And all the happiness in the world comes about by people seeking other people's happiness. That takes us to the heart of the gospel as well. 
And this is why John Mayne said that we should not seek our own holiness. We should seek to enter into the holiness of Christ, who is filled and overflows with the holiness of God. So this involves taking the attention off ourselves, to stop thinking about ourselves, to stop trying to be holy. There's a phrase from the desert fathers and mothers. These were the early Christian monks. The monastic movement was a movement of Christian discipleship that began in the fourth, fifth centuries after the church had begun to become very institutionalized and part of the Roman Empire. And many of those early disciples committed themselves to lives of great simplicity, seeking to live the gospel in purity of heart and poverty of spirit, with prayer at the center of their existence. Of course, it was from them that we have our teaching on Christian meditation that has been passed on from one generation to the next. One of their great teachings on prayer is the monk who knows that he is praying is not truly praying. The monk who does not know that he is praying is truly praying. Doesn't seem to make sense, does it? But actually it makes a lot of sense. A lot of the deeper mysteries of the spirit need to be expressed in paradoxes and contradictions like that. And there's a very important truth about the spiritual life and about holiness contained in that statement. If you think you're holy, you're not holy. If you're looking to be holy, you probably won't find it because it will be your ego trying to be holy. What we need to do is to find a way to just wake up and understand that we are holy, filled with the holiness of the Spirit. This is meditation. In meditation, we take the attention off ourselves. That's what disciples do. We become other-centered, as I was saying last night. And we do that not by trying to do anything very huge and difficult and sacrificing ourselves. We do it in a very simple way in meditation. We let go of our thoughts, our plans, our memories, our imagination, all the stuff that's constantly flowing through our minds. We simply take the attention off that stream of thought because every one of those thoughts, if we start focusing on it, will lead us back to putting our attention on ourselves. By letting go of the thoughts as they arise, that's all you have to do, just let go of them. You don't have to eliminate them, you don't have to repress them or destroy them, you just let them go, one after the other. And of course the way in which we do that is this very simple way of Christian meditation that was handed down to us from those very early teachers and disciples to take a single word 
sacred word, a holy word. And to repeat this word, this prayer word, continuously throughout the time of the meditation. And returning to this word with fidelity. Now when you first try to meditate, it seems very strange. Because you're not thinking about God. And you're not thinking about yourself or your problems. Or what you want God to do for you. And that doesn't seem like prayer. So a lot of good people who pray well will say there's something in meditation but it doesn't seem like prayer. It's not like the prayer that I was taught. If you feel that, you're getting into it. Good. Excellent. If you meditate for the first time and you think, oh, this is wonderful, oh, this is easy, I'm really going to enjoy this, then you're in for a bit of a a surprise. This is something new, and the great mystical tradition of the church teaches us this. We should all learn more about that mystical tradition. In our community, we have an online course, The Roots of Christian Mysticism. You can get it in touch with it through our website. It just takes you through, in a simple way, the history of our great mystical tradition. And all of the great teachers of that tradition tell us that this is the next step in our spiritual journey, to move into this way of unknowing. So in meditation, we take the attention off ourselves, and we're not trying to observe what's happening or to control what's happening. We allow our contemplative side to support our active side. And that feels a little different at first. It's called the way of unknowing because we don't quite know what it's going to take us to. It sounds abstract or difficult at first. But meditate with children. We teach meditation to children in many countries around the world. And you realize that this is utterly and totally natural. One of the wonderful qualities of children who can meditate so easily is the beauty of their holiness. They are holy in themselves. 